All right, before we get into our podcast tonight, I've, of course, if everybody knows what today is, you should know um, it is Kobe Bryant's one year uh, since his passing. Uh, Kobe Bryant was a very influential basketball player, I think, for the entire community. He at first gave, you know, Jazz someone to really resent <laughs> when he came to Salt Lake City because he was just so good. Um, but at that time, at the very first, um, I did like the Lakers as my favorite team until Shaquille O'Neal moved to the Heat, and I was kind of that Shaq wagon that went to the Heat instead of keeping on with the Lakers. And then, have, or no, I didn't go with Shaq to the Heat. I actually went to the Jazz when he left, so I didn't really follow both sides because I was. But but I'll admit I was more on the Shaq side. Which looking back at it now, and especially after you know Shaq's comments lately I, I wish i would have definitely been on um kobe bryant's side so kobe bryant is very special you know for the not just for the nba community but for especially the jazz community but you look at what he has done he has taken a lot of players under his wing that aren't lakers especially after his retirement i mean he really stepped up gordon hayward's um progression while he was in the jazz uniform and again, who can forget that last game? You know, who cares if it was rigged? <laughs> but it was just really good to, at this at this time reflecting it. I got to see Kobe Bryant's last basketball game, and um, again, just prayers to his family um, and prayers to all of his friends that he is deeply affected in this game and mentored as well. And we can never forget what he has done to our basketball world and. Um, it's, it's even more sad not to being able to see his daughter uh, rise through the ranks and, and hopefully participate in the WNBA and um, not being able to see her grow up and uh, take his, basically his, his motivation and put it in the WNBA court and really have it shine. So again, prayers to his family and at this tough time and, and, Again, he was. I think he was an inspirational to a lot of people, you know, following the NBA, especially at a young age like I was. You know, he was pretty much there when I was growing up, and what made me fall in love with basketball was the way uh, him and Shaquille O'Neal played with each other. So, again, um, tough time of the year uh, from now on for the NBA community, and all we can do is just move forward and move forward and remembrance of what he has done for us. Welcome to the Jazz Notes Podcast. I am your host, James Stratton, and tonight we're going to go over the game between the Utah Jazz and the New York Knicks. The Jazz come into Salt Lake City still with their seven-game home stretch this time, not road, with a 12-4 and record, and New York comes in 8-10. and Um... So all you noticed, this was <laughs> the last game I got really, really mad at the Jazz, not at someone like Shaq or whatnot. And um, for good reasons, I believe, the Jazz played very well in the first quarter or first half and then decided not to show up in New York after that. And so I was very angry <laughs> and ranted a lot. I think that was my first rant podcast of the whole season so far because usually I don't get too mad at games unless... Um, unless it was like that. So 
Um, ever since that next game, though, we're on an eight-game winning streak, so the Knicks come in to try to stop it and claim that, hey, they start they not really started the streak, but after that, they, they we started the streak and they ended it. So, uh, anyways, let's get into the game. Uh, first quarter, no hitting, uh, no one's hitting their shots on both sides. Good defense for the Jazz, but the Jazz can't hit their looks on the offensive side, anyways. The the Jazz are pressing the Knicks pretty well and co- for causing them to force up shots that they probably wouldn't take normally. Especially Julius Randle, who really uh, killed us that that first game in the first quarter. So it was really good to see him get smothered early. Uh, mainly to Royce O'Neal, of course. Uh, Jazz start from the field one of six, and the Knicks two and seven. Um, and then going to halfway through the first quarter. The Jazz are actually two of nine, and missing a ton of open looks, and they're down eleven to eight. Uh, Knicks are starting to only attack the rim, and it's working. So they notice that hey, none of these three-point shots are missing on both ends. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, switch to two-three defense for the Jazz because it really seemed to work last game against the Knicks until Tom Thibodeau kind of uh, adjusted that at halftime. And when the Jazz switched to two-three when it wasn't working, the Knicks were just running all over them anyways, and we couldn't stop them. Um, so nothing's hitting this quarter for the Jazz. Uh, some of it's forced, but not really. A lot of these shots are, are open. It's really still a good flow of Jazz basketball that we've seen in this winning streak. So it's 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 going to come to that time where we're just not hitting these shots, these, what, these wide open shots. But um, I don't think the Knicks have shot outside of the, the three-point line for a while this quarter. And they're just really attacking the rim. And man, it is sure working. Um, finally, J- the Jazz get a little bit going in the inside after taking some game notes from the Knicks, but then the Knicks are still scoring whatever they want on their side inside. Uh, after a 2 of 15 shooting, you heard me right, 2 of 15 shooting at the three-point line alone <laughs> for the Jazz in the first, that's just terrible. And again, a lot of them are open shots, so hey, you know, keep throwing them up, whatever. But they're just finding themselves down big in the first quarter, 27-18. Let's get into the second quarter. Rudy is starting to get fed. um, So they decide to start attacking more. And Rudy's really there to step up. And he's getting his points finally. Um, And he he had a put-back dunk. And then, you know, my lazy layup that I like to critique on. is like halfway up, he decides to and then just toss it up. But he made it. So whatever. It worked. But... Um, after missing a hundred threes in a row for the Jazz in that first quarter and coming into the second, they finally get one thanks to Niang, and uh, then the next one was by Clarkson. And then again, Austin Rivers is just embarrassing the Jazz, just like he did in the second half of that first Knicks game, scoring any time he wants this half. Even when he's guarded great. I mean, we're, we're really guarding him great, save aside that we're doubling him. We're not doubling him, but we're still making him take very contest, contested shots. And he's making everything. I, I'm talking about everything. He hasn't missed a shot yet. The next game plan is this quarter so far is ISO Rivers on offense, and it's really working. They need to get out of they need to get the ball out of his hands, and he's starting this quarter so far ten for ten, or this this half ten for ten. 
The Knicks are very aggressive, making the Jazz very uncomfortable on the offensive end. This is kind of where it's taken a turn on the defensive end. They can't get their sets running at all. It seems like they're flustered. It seems like they're trying to get something to work. They're also trying their little iso ball that I don't like to see. And it's not working. So <laughs> halfway through, the Knicks are up 45-34. to 34, So we're not gaining anything headway at all. Mitchell is not passing out anymore on drives. Uh, I think he's trying to take over the game for the offensive side for the Jazz, but he needs to keep his head up. And he was doing great so far during this win streak. Threes are a woe again, and we're not hitting any open threes. No, no real bad threes have been taken. I think there's one really contested bogey three, but even then, it, it was still more open. Uh, a couple like, uh, I think Clarkson did a t turnaround three trying to get a foul, but he, he missed that too. And the Jazz are forcing a lot of turnovers from these Knicks. You'd think they'd be far ahead, but that's just not the case this game. The Jazz are down 59 to 46. Uh, they get outscored 32 to 28. So again, not doing our defense. We like to keep them under that 25 point mark, but at least our offense has decided to show up. We're 5 of 22 on three-pointer, so if you do the math, there were 3 of 7 this quarter, so not not too bad. But I'd say keep shooting the threes, or you're getting the good open shots, and maybe it's this rim on this halfway. I actually wrote that. Uh, maybe it's just the rim, who knows. But, uh, I mean, keep. I, I'd say keep shooting them. It's, this isn't how it was for the second half on the Jazz lost to the Knicks at all. So I was actually not upset this game. I was more upset that we're not hitting our threes and then the times that Donovan Mitchell and Bogey would drive into the lane and try to flail their arms and get a foul and they just weren't happening. But, you know, overall I'm just not too upset so far going into this uh, third quarter. The defense was kind of bad during that third quarter, of course, but what can you do with Austin Rivers, who scores 25 points, 10 out of 10, who was like 5 for 5 uh, from the three-point line, some of them with a face complete, or his <laughs> a face completely in the hand, no, a hand completely in his face, just shooting up. Uh, there's one point where he's driving in the lane, and it looks, and he just flows up a shot, and it hits the front rim, and I'm like, finally, he missed it, and it just bounces in it did the Kawhi bounce uh the Knicks <laughs> the the Raptors game against the Bucks and no the 76ers I almost lied to you but anyways it, it just it just feels completely different it's it feels to me that we still can win this game going into the half so let's go into the second half the Jazz threes are dropping finally but Mitchell is still very cold and the Jazz are really clawing back, mainly due, due to the aggressiveness on defense. And they're playing zone. I like it. Uh, the, the floor spacing is getting better on the offense. Not everyone is in the paint clogging things up. So that's kind of what I saw a lot in that first half. There's too many people, too many bodies inside that paint. You'd have a couple people drive at the same time. So you have Rudy in there. And then you had Bogey and then maybe a Royce O'Neal trying to get that offensive board. And it just clogged up that lane way too much, getting three or four defenders inside when they knew we weren't shooting these threes. But then again, if we ain't making them, they, they're not going to guard the threes as well. So they kind of slacked off on the defensive end on the perimeter. So 
I mean, just a lot better on the offensive end so far into this third quarter. The Jazz are down halfway through the third, 67-66. So we've really jumped back, uh, outscoring them 12 in that first part. At times, Jazz are looking for the foul and not not the good shot like I was talking about last quarter. The Knicks are very disciplined with their aggressive defense so far. And again, that's that's all props to their coach, who is a very defensive-minded coach. Second time this season where uh, a ball slowly rolls the Ingles and he just like lazily picks it up and just shoots a three, just hits his motion. He did it earlier this game and I was all excited because I thought I was going to go in and they missed it. But I mean, second time this season that it happened, it was almost the second time this game. So, I mean, you know, the man knows what he wants, right? <laughs> Rudy is a lot more aggressive in this game on the offensive end, getting points inside with ease at times and also on the rebounding side as well. He is very aggressive he's fighting for every board so far and he's starting off great i think uh at one point he was like at 14 points 14 rebounds and maybe that was going into the fourth quarter i'm not too sure so the jazz are down only one going into the fourth so uh, as you know it's kind of a back and forth game into the very end 81 to 80 they outscored the next 34 to 22 so again we play our defense we get our offense then and that's how it's been all season so far and it's how it was last season as well so this ain't new for uh, us jazz fans or or whatnot. So if you're listening and you're not really um, keen to what the Jazz do the past few games, but this is very, this is our mentality when we go into the games, is that defense builds our offense. So let's go into this fourth quarter. The momentum feels like a shift to the Jazz side, mainly to great hustle to start by the Jazz. I think the first play was, um, or the second play, uh, Conley is uh, grabbing a uh, rebound and he gets tripped up. I think it was on his own feet and he turns around and like throws it right this split second on off the floor when he was coming out. The ball is up in the air for 45 minutes <laughs> and I believe it's Royce O'Neal catches it, passes it out. We missed the three-pointer but, I mean, it's just that hustle game that really gets other players motivated to see, you know, a veteran guard like Conley risking his body by getting just chasing down uh, a ball that could have easily been a turnover. And then uh, on the other end, Jordan Clarkson makes this great save off a of Nick's sloppy play. And he goes up and, and makes an amazing reverse layup and gets fouled. I don't think it was a foul. I think it looked like one. Uh, but anyways, we'll take it, right? So it's looking more like Jazz basketball this quarter. I mean, we start off 11-0. and 0. Uh, The Jazz defense is very stifling. Knicks are just shooting to get fouls now, just, just like what the Jazz were doing last quarter and the quarter before that at times. So that's really good to see because now we're frustrating them because I think at points the Jazz were getting frustrated with the aggressiveness of the defense, the Knicks defense. And I, I mean, I admit... A lot of it's not fouls, it's just them being very smothering, and it's the same thing with the Jazz side. It's not that the Jazz are fouling, they're just being a lot more smothering, uh, especially to Austin Rivers. I mean, so far this game, he is completely scoreless. We took the ball out of his hands when he was in, and I think there's two things to that. One, we double-teed him almost every single time he got to the spot of the floor that we know he wanted to go to. So, mad props are there. Yes, he did kick it out, on. I think, on... 
two or three occasions and he got assists. That's what we want. We don't want to be beat by Austin Rivers because that's embarrassing. We want to be beat by the Knicks, right? Um, so, yes, we he got his assists, and that's great on him. He knew when he just couldn't get it. But he was also missing his shots now. So that's that's one. The second is on his coach. He sat out for like 30 minutes before he came back out. The dude was 10 for 10 in this game. I mean, more praise to the coach for us Jazz fans that he kept him out. But, but I mean, like uh, the Jazz were only up by or down by one or uh, were down pretty heavily going in the halftime and the Knicks had the ball with like three or four seconds left. And then they call Austin Rivers to come in for the last shot. I mean, it's three seconds, but they left him on the bench. I mean, that's not good coaching at all. So, I mean, I mean, great for us because it really, I think it did get Austin Rivers a little more cold or whatnot. Why am I talking about Austin Rivers so much? I really don't care. Anyways, so halfway through the, the fourth, uh, quarter the jazz are up 94 to 84 so 10 points right now and continue with a 20 to 3 run just this quarter so they start the quarter 20 to 3 run um, just very stifling defense that caused the offense they weren't scoring anything on us not because they're shooting poorly well yeah they were shooting poorly but we got steals we got you know caused them to turn over the ball offensive fouls we also just made them frustrated and take shots that they weren't really taking these first three quarters. And Donovan is really feeding it now this quarter. He's keeping his head up on a swivel in the lane. I know if you look at the end of the box score and it's like, ah, oh, he only had like three assists or let's see how many assists he got. But if you're looking at the box score and saying, hey, you know, he only had like three assists. But <laughs> I mean... If that's all you look at, you, you didn't watch the game. I know you didn't watch the game. I, I mean, there's there's times where Donovan Mitchell would drive into the lane. He th- I think th- he threw it to Clarkson. Clarkson threw it to Bogey, and then Bogey misses a three. Or there's times where he'd pass it out, and then there would be a double pass for a score. He's not going to get credited for no assist, but if he didn't do that, no, no one would have scored for the Jazz. It's it's credit to that guy who who made that extra pass, but also credit to Donovan for driving the lane, stealing two bodies, driving into the lane to try to stop him, kicking it out to Ingles or whoever to distribute the ball further one step to Royce O'Neal to drive into the lane, being left open after his defender tried to chase him down for the three-pointer. So just impressive from Donovan to learn from his mistakes from that first quarter of not keeping his head on the swivel and he did perform a lot better I don't think he's shot as many uh, baskets this half I know he got that deep three because they decided just not to guard him so praise to him on that one right but I mean O'Neal is just buckets this game in the paint Uh, he is very aggressive and I just love when he's this aggressive on the offensive end because I think it just really confuses the other team because they watch, you know, oh, he's a 3 and D guy. No, he he, he showed off his post games this, ga- this game. And I, I've seen it before in some games, and I'm just, man, where has this been? But, I mean, aggressiveness on both sides of the game, just amazing. I mean, he stifled 
Randall. Him and Mitchell stifled Rivers the second half. So it was just great. So the bench is clear at one minute left. The Jazz are up 108 to 92. Jazz win 108 to 94, uh, 28 to 23. They were down at 15 at one point. They win by 14. Just a complete opposite of that first game in New York. And I love this opposite more than I love the other opposite. That's for sure. So let's get into the stats of the game. Field goals. 40%, well below the 50% we'd like to see him at. Three-pointers, 31%, well below the 40% we'd like to see him at. We still out-rebound, we out-hustled 53-44. to 44. We had 24 assists on 37 made field goals. That's a 65% mark. So we're still distributing that basketball. Again, one of the key factors, and as we saw in the first half, we can assist all day, but our players still have to hit those open shots. Um, to really have an effect. And we only had six turnovers this game. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to critique. You know, I can critique the first two, you know, not missing or hitting your open shots. But we still found a way to win this game, and we were very disciplined with the basketball. I think two of those turnovers came in the last minute with our third string anyways. So that's really saying a lot. So let's get into our notes of the game. Our F note is the worst player. The three best players, kind of like hockey, A, B, C, with A being the best player. F note is Derek Favors. <laughs> yeah, I was the Donovan Mitchell. But Derek Favors, two points, four rebounds, one assist, plus and minus negative 11 in 15 minutes. And this just goes over like two or three games ago where I gave him the F note again. It's like, yeah, you're, you got those rebounds, but I mean... This isn't the offensive aggressiveness that we've seen from Favors the last few years that he was with the Jazz and like to see it a little bit more, especially when the three-pointers weren't dropping for us in that first half. And, I mean, two two big offensive boards. I remember those boards. They were huge. But, I mean, it was, it was going to be a tie between uh, Derek Favors, Donovan Mitchell, and Boyan Bogdanovich this game. I decided to give it over Favors. Uh, mainly because Mitchell's improvement from increasing his court vision in that second half and bogey for his aggressiveness driving the lane. Sometimes it didn't work out, but I mean, he got to the free throw line, what, six times? So three times total, total I'm assuming. But um, let's go into full stats. So I'm not lying to you. Yeah, six times. So that's why I didn't decide not to give it to him because they were aggressive. Uh, not saying Derek Favors wasn't, but they were aggressive to a point where they changed the impact of the game with them not doing it. Could have severely impacted it. Um, so our C-note of the game, our third best player, is Mike Conley. <laughs> 19 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, plus and minus positive 27. Almost gave it to Clarkson mainly because of his uh, awesome steals this game. He had 3 of them. Um, almost gave it to him, but... <sighs> I mean, that plus minus 27 is just huge. It's just, it's huge. I, I know Clarkson had a plus 10, and he was he was in 24 minutes to Conley's 32. But, I mean, it, it's just awesome to have Conley just his dominant self that we've come to love from Memphis. And I've said that a few times in the podcast, but I, I just got to reiterate how much I like it. 
Bino is Royce O'Neal with 20 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 block. And our A note of the game is Rudy Gobert with 18 points, 19 rebounds, 2 assists, and 4 blocks, plus and minus of positive 27. So just a great game from Rudy Gobert on the interior side. And same thing with Royce O'Neal. It was, it was very hard to put Royce O'Neal in that B note, especially knowing how extremely well he played. I mean, this was an A note game for him, but Rudy Gobert was just there and he was dominant and he was aggressive and he was mean. And anyways, my analytics, the little score sheet I use anyways, had Go- Gobert with almost double points than O'Neal anyways with that... Uh, with that Aina, uh, sorry, Aino. So um, let's go into the final stats I like to talk about. So uh, this game we allowed the the Knicks to get more than twenty five points that first quarter, and now we are six and two when we have that happen. Uh, more than fifty points going into half, which we allowed, which which were six and two as well, and then more than seventy five points going to the. Th- Third, fourth quarter, we're now six and four. So I mean, we're getting a little bit better letting teams score more points on us early, right? And then this is great. We we still allowed them less than a hundred points this game. We're six and zero now, and and we've allowed. Uh, we we have six games less than a hundred points right now, and it's just great to see. And finally, uh, well, not finally. I have one more thing after this. Let's get into. The final scores of today's games. The Houston Rockets beat the Wizards. Man, what is going on with the Wizards? 107 to 88, besides COVID, right? Um, and then the Hawks beat the Clippers 108 to 99. Didn't we just beat the Hawks? I thought we just beat the Hawks. Before I start ranting, let's let's double check to make sure Kawhi and uh Paul George didn't play. So it looks like Paul George didn't, George didn't uh, play. So I guess whatever. Uh, no. Kawhi didn't play either. So I'm not going to get a rant about that then. So they rested their two stars. Whatever. So <laughs> I was about to go on a big old rant about that. But I'm still going to after this game. I mean, or after, after I'm done. So let's get into that rant. So what is this rant about is the lies that TNT crew spit out to you guys a few games ago or last game really was it last game already or is it two games now but anyways it was last game was it no it wasn't so (laughs) I'm sorry but anyways uh before we get into that let's go into our standings uh so right now the Eastern Conference as follows Philadelphia's number one then it goes Boston and Milwaukee tied at number two. Indianapolis and Brooklyn are tied at number four. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks and Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the Orlando Magic round up the top eight with New York Knicks, Toronto, Chicago, and Charlotte all at the number nine seed tied with Miami a half game behind all of them. Western Conference is the Los Angeles Lakers with a half game ahead of us, 14-4. and four. The Jazz at number two. Number two. Not number three. Definitely not number three now with the Clippers losing, right? <laughs> I'm so stupid sometimes. Anyways, 13-4 to four 
13 and 4, not 2 4. Uh, the Clippers are right behind us at 13 and 5. Then it goes Denver, Portland, Memphis, Phoenix, Golden State, San Antonio, and Dallas to run out the top 10. Um, rankings wise, uh, there's a lot of good rankings for the Jazz. I think I don't like to see them that high. I believe uh, one of the national media has the Jazz actually at number one, which I think is crazy. Especially see how we haven't beat the Lakers yet. I think that should be a, a stepping stone. But they talk about how there's more of their performance this week instead of the overall season performance. So I guess I can kind of see that. But I think the Lakers were still undefeated as well. Maybe that they lost that first game last week. So anyways, I, I believe most of the ranks were, were at three... I think two, three, and five were some of the national rankings. So, like to see, like to see the national recognition, but at the same time, I think we uh, falter a little bit when we get too recognized. So, what what about this rant? Let's get back to the rant, anyways. So, there's a few lies that TNT had to uh, had to say about the Jazz team, not just Mitchell. I mean, everybody focuses on the Mitchell aspect, but there's a few things that they said as the Jazz team as a whole. With number one. Uh, the number one was for me was Mitchell would be a second or third option on offense on a good team, basically saying that the Jazz aren't a good team. So that's that's a lie, especially after seeing how their performance was. I mean, we had a plus twenty nine swing, you know, at the end of the game. It could, it should have been thirty thirty one technically with you know the next bench clearing, but anyways. So lie number one. With Mitchell not being the leading scorer, we lose. We saw that tonight. He only had nine points. Not the leading scorer. We contribute the basketball. We adjusted. And we won. We won. I mean, Mitchell, looking back at it, the past few games, he's been super aggressive going into that first quarter, right? He's usually our first scorer, and he just wasn't feeling this game. And that's fine. I mean, you can't be on every single game. I mean... I mean, the only time that Austin Rivers is on when he's playing the Jazz and only for one half, right? So I can say that now without repercussion because I don't think we're going to face the Knicks again this, this season, so he won't bite me in the butt later. Anyways, two, when we shoot poorly, we lose. The Jazz can't win games if they shoot poorly. The only reason why we had that winning streak is we were shooting hot, lights out. Case in point today. We shot terribly. We improved a lot on our, uh, I mean, our second half field goals were a lot better. So maybe if they're talking about if we shoot partly the whole and entire game, we're going to lose. You could say that about every single team. If your whole team shoots poorly the entire game, you're probably going to lose. There's a pretty good chance. Unless your defense is absolutely stifling. And I ain't saying the Lakers defense is stifling. They're good. I don't I don't think they're the best, but I, they're pretty good. But... I mean, I can go look into defensive ratings, but I think the Knicks are the best right now. Um, now, line number three, Mitchell can only contribute when on points scored. So he, he went out there, he hustled on a few boards, and he got the team involved. And he played great defensively, especially on Austin Rivers in that second half. So, I mean, I, I could see it. He still, he still does have a lot of room to improve, but I think... I think 
him being only able to contribute on the offensive scoring aspect, I think it's a lie, especially seeing how well our perimeter defense has been all season long. Not just, you know, the last nine games, but pretty much the entire season, our perimeter defense has been impressive. Very impressive. That's why teams are now taking their chances with Rudy Gobert now. They'd rather take chances with that dude than go against our perimeter defense, and that's their game plan. So, I mean, yes, he does have a lot of room to improve. I'm not arguing that. And, and I mean, the dude's, what, 25, 24? So leave him alone. Like, he'll get there. I mean, I guess you can quote-unquote motivate him. You can't see me do my air quotes right now. But, I mean, just just like LeBron James, I mean, I'm agreeing with LeBron James on something. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's the tone in his voice that that makes it more of not a motivation but a diss and i i agree with lebron james 100 percent. it was it was the tone that Shaq was talking to mitchell about it wasn't about hey man what can you do that you can get to that next level because right now like i just can't see it like how do you think you can get that to the next level it's like hey man i just told these guys that um you ain't gonna be a superstar what do you have to say about that you know <laughs> of course of course he's gonna get some slack for that so whatever and then line, line number four, Jazz nowhere near the Clippers and Lakers. That, that's a lie because right now we're, we're keeping up with them in the standings. Yes, we're on the nine-game tear, but we're still with them in the standings until we go into a slump or whatnot, which, knock on wood, I hope we don't. But right now we're ahead of the Clippers. We beat the Clippers until we can prove ourselves with the Lakers and beat them, which I was definitely hoping then, yeah, uh, we can't really say that we're not in the same league as them just quite yet. We definitely improved from last season. We have bogey now. We didn't, we didn't tank to sixth place last year. So what more do you want? So another last thing is the next games. So I lied to my buddy. I said that we don't play the Mavericks twice in a row. Um, it was just my app. I I used it stupid. Um, to look at the next games. So now I have the Jazz schedule pulled up, not the entire NBA schedule because that kind of got goofy on me. So we play the Mavericks tomorrow. So a quick turnaround tomorrow at 7 p.m., not televised for some reason. And then we play them two days later at home again, so like the Pelicans, and that's going to be on ESPN. So that will be it will be interesting to see what those com commentators or hear what they have to say, not see, unless you're reading subscripts, right? But then... We uh, finish this week with the Nuggets in Denver on Sunday. And, I mean, that'll be very interesting. That'll be, a, I mean, the Mavericks ain't, ain't a pushover team. Um, we swept them last year, uh, but it was very close game, so we just can't take them for granted. I mean, they still have Luka Doncic on, on their team. So, But it, I think this will be a very good test on our streak, especially if we can go three and out to really have people say, hey, you know, maybe this team has got it or whatnot. So anyways, so thanks for listening to the podcast and um, whatnot. Uh, thanks for the ratings so far, especially on the episodes. I've been seeing it and uh, pretty soon uh, tomorrow is technically our 18th game, which is the quarter way through our podcast. Um, I was expecting it to be on Saturday the 30th until that Washington game uh, canceled on us. Or no, it should have been tonight, huh? 
But anyways, I think I was planning on doing it on the 30th anyway. So on the 30th, look for my quarter way through podcast to drop just what I go over on the season. I'm going to try to see if some other sports podcast would like to jump on with me and kind of give you a different voice to listen to than my my own, right? So uh, expect that to drop after the Mavericks game. Uh, 18, way, or 18 games through this season will be a quarter way through. So it'll be... Uh, Interesting to kind of reflect what I had to say in that first podcast as far as my predictions go. See where it's right, see where it's wrong. I'm going to try to get a hard-hitting podcast probably on it because I listened to their very first episode which had their NBA rankings and and, uh, he had, they had uh, Jazz at 7 and the other one at 11 and I'd like to kind of uh, (laughs) hear their thoughts about that now, right? So anyways... Thanks for listening, and as always, go Jazz.